following message is a presentation of Valley Metro Church, a community of believers dedicated to knowing God and making Him known. Over the years, uh, I've had this great privilege uh, to be asked to officiate weddings, and uh, I've had the opportunity to officiate quite a few weddings. And uh, what's so cool about the wedding day Uh, It's a time where two people uh, decide to be one, and they do this in the presence of many witnesses usually, and uh, they they chart this whole new journey of a whole new future. The the wedding day changes their life as they know it. The wedding day is a transition into an entirely new realm. It's amazing. And uh, although the weddings are usually different, and sometimes the wedding celebrations are different, uh, there's one thing in common. Most people try to go big on their wedding day. Not everybody, but most people try to go big, as big as they can, because it's such a big deal. And so, uh, you know, when Christy and I got married, we picked this really cool spot uh, in San Diego. I think we have a picture of it up here. It's something like uh, the oldest temple, Jewish synagogue, in, in California. And they have this down in Old Town in San Diego. And we had just come back from Israel. So we're like, yeah, let's get married in that. That's really cool. So um, the problem was it only fit about 120 people. And so, uh, you know, you have to figure on your, on your invitation list how you're going to write your invitations. And it, that's a struggle, getting the invitation list. But uh, I will say that the invitations went out. And the response was beautiful. The wedding day was amazing. I think we have a picture of that, uh, our wedding day. We look the same, don't we? I mean, give or take, you know, same. Uh, by the way, it's, uh, in a few weeks, it's 17 years. Still love you, beautiful. Um, uh, but anyway, you know, the wedding day was great. Uh, the wedding was great, but the reception, I think, was even greater. The cool thing about a reception is this party where, although everybody uh, watches and listens to and enjoys the wedding, they actually participate in the party later on. Most people don't participate in the wedding, they just watch it. But in the celebration, everyone gets to participate. So the wedding was really good, the reception was really great, and the honeymoon was super great, but I can't talk about that this morning, Um, but it was really great. And so, um, you know, all I want to say is God is good, and I want you to think about this morning celebrations like this. Maybe you've thrown a wedding party yourself, maybe you've been to some amazing ones. Maybe you've thrown some other parties in your life and you planned the best you can for the best party you can throw. And maybe you sent out invitations and maybe you asked people to RSVP. But I want you to imagine something this morning because we're going to look at a passage. Imagine inviting all the people that you love to the absolute best party you could possibly plan and throw. And you write these invitations to the best imaginable party, to the people you love the most, and you send out the invitations, and no one RSVPs, and no one comes. Ooh, that would hurt, right? Today we're looking at a passage where Jesus shares a parable where exactly that happens. God Almighty throws the party of a lifetime. God throws the party of a lifetime, literally the ultimate wedding bash. And this is gonna be a parable about the day that God threw a party and nobody came. The day that God threw a party 
and nobody came. And this is a powerful parable. We're going to look at this. This whole summer, we've been in a series about following Jesus. And we're looking at some of the major things, the major themes that Jesus is sharing as a follower of Jesus, some of the key things that we need to understand if we're going to be followers of Jesus. And today is a really powerful one because he's talking about this ultimate celebration day. And it's really cool. And so with no further ado, Matthew 22, if you have your Bibles or your device, your phone or wherever you read your word, uh, Matthew 22, uh, we're going to look at this um, verses one, let's do one through 10. Uh, And it goes like this, Matthew 22. Uh, Jesus spoke to them again in parables saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I've prepared my dinner My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off. One to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready But those I invited did not deserve to come, so go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you can find. So the servant went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. This is a really, really cool passage. Um, Actually, it goes a little further, excuse me, verse 11. It says this, I'll just summarize this part. But when the king came to see the guests, he noticed that there was a man not wearing wedding clothes. And he asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth for many are invited, but few are chosen. Let me set this up. This is talking about a party. The parable of Jesus is talking about a party. Literally the party of a lifetime. The celebration like no other. This is a party unlike anything ever thrown in history. And in fact, this is God throwing the party. So when God is throwing the party, you better know it's going to be off the chart. When God throws a party, it is off the chart. And in fact, this particular party, the entire Bible, the entire history of the Bible, the entire history of humanity, spiritually speaking, points to this ultimate celebration that I'm talking about right here. The entire Bible points forward to a day of reunification with God where we get together, celebrate, and step into eternity and life is changed as we know it. This is the celebration of a lifetime. The entire Bible points to this party that Jesus is talking about right here. And it's a wedding party that never ends. This party never, never ends. Uh, maybe you've heard that uh, hip-hop song, uh, there ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party never ends. Anybody hear that? You guys never heard it? Come on, do it with me. One, two, three. There ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party never ends. One more. There ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party never ends. You guys are like, what's up with church today? Uh, <laughs> pastor's busting a rhyme. Um, this is true. This Christian party never ends 
ends in the entire Bible is pointing to this party. You got to know that because you are going to be at this celebration. You got to know this. This is, this is like major. This is major. You are at this celebration. And Jesus comes back for his bride. The church is called the bride. Gentlemen usually have a problem going, I ain't going to be no bride. Uh, No, it's not a bride that way, gentlemen. The church is the bride of Christ. We are his love. He is going to come back and picture the analogy of him coming, flying in, swooping down, grabbing his church and taking us out of what's about to go down, rescuing us from that and taking us into paradise That is celebration you want to get involved in. In fact, everyone should want to get involved in this one because where he has taken us and what this celebration is about to change, it's a celebration that transitions into our future. It's a major celebration. It's a long time waiting. The whole world is groaning and waiting for this celebration day. And this celebration day is going to change everything from this day forward, from this celebration day forward, there will be No more pain. Say no more pain. There will be no more tears. Say no more tears. There will be a day where what we know in part, all that stuff we don't know, you will know fully. Say I will know fully. That's what happens at this party. Everything changes at this party. Now here's another deal. You might have gone to a party before and you left with a little, you know, gift bag, a little bit of swag from that party, right? But let me tell you about this party. When you go to this party, you get a new body. Come on. Who wants a new body? Come on. You get a new body that blows this body away. Can you imagine coming home? Hey, what happened to you? Oh, I went to this party. I got a whole new body, you know? I mean, you can't even imagine what that's like. In the Bible, it says that when we meet him and we're changed in his presence, that we are going to be glorified with him. But we get these new heavenly bodies. And the new heavenly bodies, unlike these ones, don't start to expire. You know, the human body, when it hits about, you know, 20 or 22, 24, they vary, uh, you know, some uh, scientists, what they say, but basically the body begins a slow decline. That's like when it's like peaked out, 18, 20, 22, somewhere around there, and, and then pretty soon it's a slow, gradual decline, okay? And, and, and it says in Corinthians that we're fading away. Really, we are fading away. These earth suits are fading away. They weren't made to last forever, but at this celebration. You and I get a new heavenly body, and this party is off the chart because it never ends, and it launches us into a future that no eye has ever seen, no ear has ever heard, no mind has ever imagined what God has in store for those who love him. No one can crack the code or figure this party out. It's going to be off the chart, and the second half is going to be amazing. It's been said that life is too short and eternity is too long to not take God serious on this wedding invitation. Life is too short and eternity is too long. We are not spiritual beings having a, we are not physical beings having a momentary spiritual experience down here on earth. We are spiritual beings having a momentary physical experience down here on earth. We weren't made for this. We were made for that. All of eternity, all, all of humanity, excuse me, has been looking forward to this date. That's why this party is like no other. And that's why we could say there ain't no party like a Christian party because a Christian party never ends. This party will never end. And you'll be getting your groove on with your new earth suit. And you, things you don't know, you will know fully. There will be no pain. There will be no tears. There will be no cancer in heaven. There will be full revelation in heaven. It will be phenomenal. And so that's what's such a big deal about this party. 
So here's one thing about this party, and I want to stay, stay in your place in, in uh, Matthew if you can, but I want to just read this real quickly. We have it for the screen here. You don't need to turn there because we're going to jump back into Matthew. But, but Revelation, the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible, sets up this amazing uh, story where when God is finally united with his people, when Jesus and the bride come together, there is a celebration. There is a big, massive celebration And at this celebration, it actually details this celebration at the end of the book. You know, when I was younger and I wanted to like learn something about the Bible, I went right to the back. Did anybody cheat like me? Did anybody cheat? Honestly, it's a good thing to cheat about though. When you jump into the back of your Bible, that's okay to cheat that way. I had, I want to know how the story ends. I didn't want to start in the beginning. I just want to know how it ends. When I used to do a lot of youth ministry in placement homes and detention facilities, kids would always go like, if you want to learn about any topic, what do you... I want to know about the end. There's something about wanting to know how it wraps up. Well, Revelation, at the end of Revelation, it tells us how it wraps up. And at the very end of the book, the very end of the book, it talks about this celebration that we're talking about. It's a big deal. All of humanity has been waiting for this day. And it says in Revelation 6 through 9, and again, we have it for here. You don't have to turn there. But it says this. It's the scene of heaven being united with the believers. Uh, Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of mighty peals of thunder crying out, hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen is the righteous deeds of the saints And the angel said to me, write this, and if you have your Bible, you might want to underline this, write this, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Blessed are those who were invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And then he said to me, these are the true words of God. This is huge right here. This is a picture, this is a picture of your future, right here. This is a picture of your future, and these words are true. And it starts with this celebration that lasts forever. And literally, it's the celebration of a lifetime that never ends, literally uh, a celebration of Jesus and the bride, the church and Jesus Christ being united in the presence of the Father, where it's going to blow up with a celebration, and we're going to launch off into another realm that is uh, just phenomenal. And it says in the passage, it says, blessed are those, blessed are those who are invited. Would you repeat that? Blessed are those who are, one more time, blessed are those who are invited. This is important. Because people were made, everyone on planet earth with a pulse, everybody, was made for this celebration. And yet the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. Some get in on this, and some don't get in on this. And God's got this heart going, oh, I love people so much. I want everyone to get in on this. And this is a big deal, because this is the way, historically, the way it ends for us. If you're in Christ, if you're a believer, and if not, today's a day to RSVP your spot. Today is the day of your RSVP. But this is a picture of our future, literally the celebration of the lifetime. It says, blessed are those who are invited right here. Some translations say, blessed or happy or fortunate are the invited ones. I would encourage you to take some notes today, because this, these points are all pointing to this celebration that you're going to be at. And there's people you know and love that will be there with you. 
And there may be, sadly, there may be people you know and love who won't be there. And that's why I want to encourage you to write some notes there to this morning so that the people you know and love will be there as well. Uh, I don't know about you, but that matters a lot to me. Does that matter a lot to you? Yeah, it matters a lot to me. It should matter a lot to you. The first point this morning is blessed, happy, and fortunate are the invited ones. Blessed, happy, and fortunate are the invited ones. That's what it says in Revelation. Write this down. He's being told in Revelation, blessed are those who are invited to the marriage. Blessed, happy, and fortunate are the invited ones. You need to know that because there's an invitation rolling out. God's rolling out a big invitation. And this parable is talking about a reality for the present and a reality for the future. It says in verse 4 and 5 in the Matthew uh, verses we're looking through that God is inviting guests. God is inviting guests. He loves people. He loves the whole world. El Toro Mundo, right? God loves the whole world. The whole world. Say the whole world. You better believe the whole world. He loves Muslims. He loves Hindus. He loves the whole world. He loves the whole world. We got to know that. He loves the whole world. And he's inviting guests to his party right now. He's inviting guests to the celebration. And in verse 4 or 5, it says, oh, this is hard to believe. They ignore they ignore the invitation. Just ignore it. Whatever. You know like how you get junk mail? You didn't even open it? They ignore it. Ouch. Do you even know what this is? Did you even open the invitation? Do you have any idea what's at stake right now in this invitation? No. Oh, man. Your whole future. You get a new body. That's worth admission right there. What you know in part, you will fully know. He'll wipe away every tear from your eye. You enter the kingdom now, but you get to see the fullness of it later. Do you know what's in it? No. And they ignore it. And it says in the next verse that he comes back a second time, which was the custom in Israel. You'd invite people to the wedding. They'd usually be saying yes, of course. But you would come back on the day and go, okay, come on, it's ready. And they'd go, okay, thanks for the reminder. Here we go. Comes back a second time and they all start making excuses. Some ignored it. In Luke 14, there's a parallel passage to this. In Luke 14, it's a duplicate story of the same parallel in a different gospel. It's in Matthew's gospel. It's in Luke's gospel. In Luke's gospel, he elaborates on this, that when, when, when the servants went back to invite, they started making excuses like, yeah, wedding, yeah, I, I got my job. <laughs> my job's way more important. I, I, I can't be going to this wedding. I can't get involved in this wedding. My job is my life. It's my identity. So some made excuses. Others said, well, I got this opportunity. I got to go check it out. So thank you, but nah, I got to go this way. And then others are saying, well, my family, you know, my family's important. I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to take time out to go see what this thing's about. So no. And so there's all these excuses, all these excuses. Now, what's amazing about parables, the parables of Jesus are timeless. The parables are these beautiful stories talking about God's kingdom, which we said in weeks earlier, it means God's realm, God's reign. And God's realm and God's reign and God's kingdom are synonymous. And you and me at any time can step into it. That's been the beauty. For 2,000 years, anyone at any time can step into the kingdom. Jesus said he is the, the door. Amen? He's the door. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the life. At any time, we can come to Jesus and say, I want in. And boom, you enter this realm of the kingdom. And the parables are all about the rule and the reign of God, how you and I enter in it. And the beauty is, we get to live our life on earth 
as citizens of this kingdom, as residents of the kingdom with all the provisions of the kingdom, the benefits of the kingdom, the protections of the kingdom, and the promises of the kingdom. We get all of those now, but we get to see the fullness of it later. And anyone can step in at any time. And that's what these parables are about. But this one here is talking about how people respond to this invitation to step into God's realm and his reign. The irony is this. 2,000 years after Jesus shares this parable, the nature of humanity has not changed at all. At all. People do the same exact thing today that they did 2,000 years ago. And that's the beauty of a parable. They are timeless. People do the same. They're invited to this glorious celebration of life with God. Life with God is a glorious celebration now and later, and yet they ignore it or make excuses the same way they did 2,000 years ago. I love the timelessness of this. Some say they're too busy. Some even get abusive, it says in the passage. Some get abusive. Stop, we don't want to hear it. Take that down. Take it off the radio. Take it out of that. Take it out of schools. Take it off of hilltops. Take it. Anything with this message of this image, just get rid of it. And there's some people they spend their whole life fighting to get rid of this because they are so just bent on getting rid of God's invitation. Some people live, so just like the passage Jesus shared, it still lives on today. God is offering the party of a lifetime and some people can't even RSVP. Can't even RSVP for the party of a lifetime. This passage goes on and it starts saying some things about the nature. Now, here's the thing about the parables. The listener of the parable, anytime you hear a parable, we are in it. You picture yourself in it. When you hear the parable, you go, now, which one was I? Was I the one with this one or was I the one? When he's talking about the seed, was I that seed or was I that seed? And when you hear the other ones, you go, which one was I? When the Good Samaritan story, when you hear that story, was I the, was I the Samaritan guy who helped out or was I the Pharisee guy? Who, it, we're all in the stories, guys. We're all in the parables. That's the beauty of these parables. And when, when he's sharing this story, we're in it too. We're in it too. And if you're a follower of Jesus, then we are the servants of God. Say servants of God. Followers of Jesus are the servants of God in this one. The ones who know Jesus and are excited about the party. The ones that are already invited and are excited and understand we are the servants of God. Now, it says in this passage that the servants of God handed out invitations. Servants of God did that. Handed out the invitation. And this applies to the listener. So what this is telling us is that you and me are the servants of God in this story. And we are to go tell the people we're supposed to be what the Bible says as ambassadors. Believers are not just supposed to have a little personal thing with God, you know, and we're supposed to be ambassadors, followers of Jesus are ambassadors. So the second point this morning, and this is key because this is where the story starts coming together. Second point is our job is to hand out the invitations. That's our job. If you've already said yes to Jesus and you've entered the kingdom, you've already RSVP'd, you're good. You're already getting in on the celebration of a lifetime. You're in. The Bible says that won't perish, fade, spoil, or go away. It's locked. Your name's written in Slam's Book of Life, and you, you're, you're in. You're on the invitation list. You've, you're golden. But we got a responsibility now, and our responsibility, our job is to hand out the invitations, and that's really, really important. Now, here's the deal. When you hand out invitations, some, some will RSVP. Praise God for that. But some won't. Some won't RSVP. 
when you're handing out invitations, some will go, oh, wow, how cool. Wow, God's offering his kingdom to me through Jesus, forgiveness. This is awesome. Wow, God's grace. Yes, I want God's grace, of course. Some are like, yeah, my job, my family, my life, my I, I, they, they don't. Some are going to RSVP, some are not. Now, here's the deal. When the original people were invited, the original people in the story were invited, who God loves, God loves them, and he invited them. Some of them blew it off. And what was God's response to people who said no to his invitation? What was God's response to the servants when they said no to the invitation? God's response was, breaks my heart. Can you do me a favor? Go invite others. Step, step out a little further. Go invite others. Go invite others. This, God is saying in verse 9 of passage in, in Matthew that go to the street corners and invite anyone you can find. Now, this is amazing. He's saying go. He's saying go. It's the verb go. Same go we see in the Great Commission. Go ye therefore. He's telling the followers who are the servants, to go and make some invites. But this is what he's saying. Um, Not just the people that you thought you were originally going to invite. Step out a little bit further. Step out a little bit further and invite anyone you can find. So here's what he's saying. Christ followers are supposed to find people. Not just invite them. We're supposed to find people. So here's something that we gather from Scripture. We see it modeled throughout the Bible and we see it in the passage It's our third point this morning, is that found people, find people. Say that with me this morning. Found people, find people. One more time. Found people, find people. You read the book of Acts, you're going to find, pun intended, that found people, find people. Found people, find people. I once was lost, but now I am Okay, when you enter into God's kingdom and he shows you this realm, this dimension, then you realize, oh man, I was kind of out there and now I'm walking with you, God. And so when you're in this space, found people, find people. That is historic Christianity and it should be part of our lives. I think uh, we're living in times, guys, we're living in times uh, where things are changing at a rapid pace. Uh, The Bible has some prophecies about end times and it does talk about things changing at a rapid pace. There's some scriptures in Chronicles where people will go to and fro very rapidly. You could not say that in the history of humanity. There was no one going to and fro rapidly anywhere. You were on a, like a slow boat from China, you know, those old sailboats, and that's been the same for thousands of years, and now all of a sudden we got jet planes zipping everywhere, we got everything, you know. And it says also, this is only in our lifetime we're seeing this mass transit. When my mom came over from Europe back in the day, she came over on a slow boat. Um, everything's changing now. People are zipping everywhere. It also says that wisdom and knowledge will vastly increase. Well, there hasn't been a vast increase of wisdom and knowledge. If the timeline of humanity, you can follow it, and there's a little bit of discovery, and you know, we're still getting around on horse and buggies and sailboats for thousands of years, and then all of a sudden, this industrial revolution and engines and machines, and then before you know it, nuclear physics and splitting atoms, atomic energy, heating up with microwaves, cell phone, World Wide Web, Internet, in your living room or right now on your device, you can discover pretty much anything in the world you want to discover. The Bible says in the later days, in the latter days, in the end times, wisdom and knowledge will vastly increase. You got access right now. In your pocket, you have access to the entire world. Nobody in the history of humanity has ever had what you have. We're living in times where we need to understand There's going to be a celebration coming up. 
And God loves a lot of folks. And he wants them in on this celebration. You guys getting this? I mean, this is important, guys. This is important. So our job is uh, that found people find people. And he says, you know, find anyone. God is saying find anyone. Now, here's what's interesting about that. The first group got an invitation. If you were about to do a wedding celebration or a big party, you would invite your closest friends. Of course you would. Of course, the people you love the most, your friends, your family, that's who you would invite. Usually not a bunch of strangers. But the kingdom of God is a little bit upside down. That's a great place to start with your friends and family. But he's saying, God's saying, I already did that. I already invited Israel. And some people from Israel said yes to Jesus. And many others said no. And so we're still sharing the message with Israel. But some say yes and many say no. He's like, would you go a little further? And the gospel message went from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria, and started going to the ends of the earth. And if you look where Israel is, we're at the end of the earth over here in California. Boom. We live at the end of the earth too, and we're still sharing this message. Find anyone. And that means that we don't get to set the standards for the invitation. If it was your wedding, you might say, the people we're going to invite are all the immediate family, and now we have 50 more spots for friends. And you would have to figure out how you're going to, oh, how do you make this tough decision on who you're going to invite? But in the kingdom of God, when we think of this, we shouldn't think of who's the most likely to come. Uh, In fact, we shouldn't look at who's the most qualified. Uh, What we should look at is who is the most unqualified for God's invitation, because God works wonders in this area. Who's the least likely? Who's the most unqualified for God's kingdom? This is like where it gets really exciting. Because God starts to shake and and mold lives and call people in. And in the story that we're looking at, this celebration wasn't full of the people that were originally desired to be there. It was the next level of people saying, I love them all. Go tell them. Go further. Go tell them. And in this passage, he's saying to step out and go out there on the street corners and invite anyone you can find. Basically, he says in verse 10, he says, find the bad as well as the good. Isn't that interesting? Find the bad as well as the good. Yeah, the ones that you think are the perfect candidates, find them, those are good. But I want you to find people that you don't think qualify for heaven. Find people that you don't think look right, act right, or live right. Find those people. And you're thinking, well, I don't know if they'd be a candidate for my church. And Jesus is like, oh, yes, they are. I love those people. Find people that are living wild. Find people that are a little crazy. Find people that are broken. Find people that are downtrodden. Find people that are disenfranchised. Don't just find um, the ones that you think are, are, would fit. Spiritually broken, spiritually stuck, spiritually sick. Jesus said, the sick need a physician, right? So when Jesus went to the Pharisees, they were saying, hey, we, we got it down. We're good. We're good. We're, 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 we're good here, Jesus. And you're just like, okay, bravo. You think you guys are good? So fine, then you don't qualify. If you think you're good and you don't need Jesus, the great physician, that's fine. You don't qualify, he told them, but the sick do need a physician. And he went after all these people who said, yep, I need what you have, Jesus. And there's the beautiful invitation, how it's accepted through, through Jesus. It says this in Luke 14, um, 22. You don't have to turn there. Luke 14, 22. This is a parallel passage. Um, and it says uh, in the same thing about inviting people and they say no and And the master's saying, well, would you go a little further and and, and go to the corners and start inviting people? And it says this in Luke's uh, account of this parable. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there's still room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and the hedges. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come 
in that my house might be filled. That's the King Jimmy version. Go out to the highways. He said, there's still more room. Thank you. You went, you went a little further? But there's still room. And go to the hedges and the highways. Now, I want you to think about this because this gives outreach a whole new meaning. In your life, you know what it would like to be go, go to your family and your friends and your workplace. That's your immediate orbit. That's right around you. And then to go to the corners, not literally on the street corner, but what is that in your life? Socially speaking, in your, in your world, what is it like to go to the next level? And God's like, that's good, that's good, but there's still more room. Now I want you to go to the hedges and the highways. And I want you to pray this morning about what that is in your life. I don't know, but as I was preparing this message, I, I just felt the Lord wants to challenge you personally and me. What are the the hedges and the highways of your life. What is that next realm? Not the people just on your blood, not that immediate. That's good, share it with them too. But there's still room. Go further. There's three corners of your life. I don't know what that is in your social realm and your network and how you connect with people at the gym or Trader Joe's or whatever that might be. But what is the next realm? What is to step out further? What are the hedges and the highways of your life? Because what God is saying this morning, there's a harvest waiting for you there. There is a harvest waiting for you at the hedges and the highways. There's a harvest, but you gotta believe that. You gotta step out of the zone. When Philip, uh, the evangelist in, in, the, in the book of Acts, y- you know, he was ministering in this comfortable area and God's like, spirit saying, I want you to go down like hedges and highways. Go down to some road like going way out of town over there. I got an assignment for you. He went on an assignment that changed his life and changed Ethiopia forever because he met a leader from Ethiopia, Ethiopia who accepted this invitation right here. And that guy went back to change a nation. Great things happen at the highways and the hedges of life, guys. Pray about what that is. Um, but he is saying right here um, to go to the highways and the hedges and compel them, compel them. And so uh, this is really important. Um, so the fourth point this morning is be compelling with the invitation. Compelling with it. Be compelling Are you compelling with the invitation? You might know about the invitation, but are you compelling with it? And if you're compelling with the invitation, that means you're passionate with it because you know how important it is. We talked about this celebration that is going to be off the chart, that's going to change everyone's future, that everyone's invited to. Are we really getting that? I mean, do we really understand that? Because if we know how important that is, we should be passionate about it. But some people aren't compelling anybody because they're not passionate about this invitation. It's really amazing. It's really amazing. Um, You know, when it comes to going to the hedges and the highways, I know when I came to faith in Jesus, um, I was in my 20s, um, I was excited. I was excited about this new faith. Like, wow, God, you're changing me. You are alive. You are real. You are meeting me. You're you know, I'm, I'm turning to follow you and you're taking away my sins, but you're putting your spirit in me. You're showing me your words coming alive to me. And I had no idea. I once was lost, but now I'm found. So I was excited about this faith. And I remember sharing it with my family with very limited success. Anybody ever had that experience? Okay. Okay. A prophet is not known in their own home, Jesus said. A prophet's not known in their own town. So sometimes when you're bringing the message to those closest, closest to you, they're like, oh, wow, whatever. They might say, yeah, Javier found religion or something. They might have a name for it. They might have some kind of name. But you're like, no, I didn't find God's alive. I'm changed. It doesn't have the greatest success. But then I would share it with some friends, 
the next la- layer out and limited success, limited success. But some people started to hear and listen and be intrigued. Other people didn't. Then I realized, you know, I'm going to just take this faith into my workplace. And I'm stepping out to the street corners a little more. Come to find out, God did some really cool stuff. He did way better stuff in the workplace than he did with my friends or with my family as I was stepping out to the street corners and sharing this. In fact, there's people at my work who came to faith. We started a little Bible study at lunchtime, and this girl who was a witch involved in Wicca, doing all kinds of stuff, who really hated the idea that we were doing a Bible study, she started listening from a distance, and she told me, you know, one day, she goes, you know what, I'm listening, but I'm not, I'm not coming to your thing, okay? I'm not coming to this, and I'm not participating. I'm just listening. I'm like, that's beautiful. That's great. Well, she ended up giving her life to Jesus, and she called me years later because she was serving in a church, and God was doing great things in her life. And I'm like, there was some cool stuff that happened on that next level. But I, I will say, after that, I started going into detention facilities, And to me, that was like more hedges and highways. Like, I'm going out there. Can I just tell you, that was more people accepting the invitation to this wedding feast than anything before. And I just realized the further I went, the more people accepted it. And I think there's something in that for us because we stay in this little zone. And if we're willing to step out of the zone, you're going to see greater success as a follower given out an invitation. So pray about what that means, hedges and highways for you. Um, but this is going on, and, and God is saying to all of us as followers, give out the invitation, and there's still more room, so go further, and there's still more room, and go further. And here's why, he says, because I want a full house. The Father is saying, I love people so much, I want a full house. I don't want to leave anyone out. You've got to realize the Father doesn't want to leave anyone out of the celebration. He doesn't want anyone left out, and he's like, I want a full house. And that's why Jesus died on the cross for the sins of the world so that no one has to be left out. Do you realize that? There's no one that needs to be left out of this celebration. Some will be left out because they'll take the invitation and throw it or not RSVP. But no one needs to be left out because Jesus died for the sins of the world. God so loved the whole world that he wishes none should perish, but all. God wishes all. God wishes that all should have eternal life. God doesn't want anyone to miss out. He wants everyone to come in, full house, please come, just keep coming, keep coming. They say no, tell someone else, just keep coming. This is the heart of the Father. And when God throws a party, he invites the whole world. That's what we see here. Whosoever calls on the name of the Lord, who I don't care who they're from, where they're from, what they've been through, whoever calls on my name and RSVPs, they are in. Come this way. The Father said, I'm going to have a party that's off the chart, the party of a lifetime, one that will never end, one where I'm going to change everything. Enter it now with your RSVP, and you'll get in on the fullness of it later, but you also get in on the benefits of it now. And here's the beauty about the invitation. So the fifth point is this, guys. The fifth point is this. God is having the ultimate party, and I am holding the ultimate invitation. Put yourself in the first person. God is having the ultimate party, and I am holding the ultimate invitation. You are holding the ultimate invitation. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're already in on this party. You've already RSVP'd. And there's some hearing this going, yeah, you know, I believe in God, but I don't know that I've actually actually RSVP. Some things you have to RSVP. It's like must. Can I tell you something? This party, this celebration, you must RSVP. 
There was a guy in the story who got in who wasn't wearing wedding clothes, symbolic of being clothed in Christ. And the master's like, what are you doing here? You're not even in Christ. You never RSVP'd. You never said yes to me. You didn't follow. And the guy's like, I snuck in. I jumped over the wall. I don't know how he got it. He's like, no, no, no. You didn't RSVP. I'm sorry. This is only for those who RSVP. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Many are called because the invitation goes out to everyone. And some say, yes, I want to RSVP. And as soon as you raise your hand and say, yes, I want to RSVP, the Father says, yes, and you're chosen, come. Many are called, but few are chosen. The invitation keeps going out, and some are like, "Mm, nope. Many are called, but few are chosen. And some are like, yeah, I want to RSVP. And the Father's like, I choose you, I choose you, I choose you, I choose you. Loves the whole world. It's amazing, guys, but so many have no idea. So many have no idea of what's to come and what's available now. And that's why the Bible says this might be good for the worship team to come up at this point. Romans 10, 15. They are not going to know unless somebody tells them. And blessed are the feet that bring the good news. How many of you guys remember the uh, Wizard of Oz? You guys remember Wizard of Oz? Remember when Alice clicked her heels together? Remember that? You guys know that? Okay. Dorothy, thank you, Dorothy, wrong movie. Okay, click your heels together, guys. Hit your feet together. Harder, harder, as hard as you can. Feel that? Feel that? Do you feel it? Remember that feeling. Blessed are the feet. Blessed are the feet that bring this message. Blessed are the feet that bring the good news. They won't know if your feet don't carry it. That's what the word says. If we don't carry invitations, guys, if we don't carry them, they don't go out. Well, just let God do it. For 2,000 years, he's been using servants to give out invitations. God's been sending servants to give out invitations. And so this is the way it works. So our job is to go out and find people who will come by faith. And here's the deal, guys. We don't own the outcome. We give the invitation. Whether they RSVP or not, we don't own that. That's not up to us. We're not responsible for anyone's RSVP. We're only responsible for invitations. The rest is between them and God. There's the beauty. But we got to let them know because this one requires an RSVP. And if we RSVP, which is saying when you get an RSVP, you're saying, yes, I will come. Isn't that what it means? And I can't pronounce it in French because it says something much cooler than that. But the acronym is RSVP. And you're saying basically, yes, I am coming. And you, you let them know, you communicate, your presence will be there. And that's the point of an RSVP. But our yes to God now is God's yes to us later. And that's why the guy in this story who said, no, you got to be outside, he never said yes with the RSVP. And that's why he never got to stay in the party. Um, Guys, I just want to close in prayer right now. The entire Bible points to this celebration. And you need to know it because if you're a follower of Jesus, this is your future. This celebration is your future. Life is too short and eternity is too long not to take God seriously on stuff. And Because we're living in times, there are people all around you, people all around you, who who just never heard of this invitation. When I was young, I didn't hear of this invitation. I I was raised in a different realm. I wasn't, I didn't hear anything about this stuff. And finally, someone started to go, here's God's message to you. It's love, number one. He loved you before you could love him back. And he accepts you the way you are. But he says, I got a better way. And it's through my son, Jesus. And when you come, he's the door. 
He's the door. He's the way. There is no other. There's no other way in. No way to the Father but through the Son. But when you come through the Son, you get in. And you enter my realm and my reign. You enter my presence, my provision. I put my spirit in you. I take away all your sins. I give you a fresh start. And you get to live life with meaning and purpose and destiny here on planet Earth. But there is going to be a celebration coming. And it's going to be a game changer. And it's so amazing. You need to know what's ahead. But you also need to know there's so many that we know and care about that need to be invited. I want to encourage you to invite people to the celebration of a lifetime. Invite people as a messenger of Jesus. Invite people as a servant of God to a future that will be profound. It's not going to happen any other way unless we say, you know what? I think I'm going to step outside my cubicle. I think I'm going to step across the hallway. I think I'm going to go across the block and love somebody, share the love of God with them. I think I'm going to go to the street corner socially in my life or to the hedges and the highways, whatever that is. But if you do and you pray your way through, you're going to see the invitations you give out. Some are going to say, yes, I want to RSVP. And when that happens, there is a celebration in heaven, a celebration in heaven. We think we're waiting for the celebration. No, in heaven, they're already doing jumping jacks. They're already throwing confetti, the Bible says, when one says yes to Jesus now. So I want to close in prayer and encourage that God would seal some of these things in our heart and we would just commit to inviting people to the celebration of a lifetime. Mighty God, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of it, Lord. I just want to pray. Mighty God, that we would um, begin to have eyes to see, God, that we would have hearts to sense and feel um, this beautiful opportunity to invite people to the celebration of a lifetime, to invite them into relationship with you. Um, You're sending out all these things, this celebration for your son and his people, for the church, the followers of Jesus, and this great reunification but even the life that's available now, God. And and there's so many. I just look around our city, God. I look around our country. I look around the world. And Lord, you're the cure for everything, God. You're the cure for what's going on in the Middle East. You're the cure for what's going on around the globe. You're the cure for what's going on in every inner city, every block, every neighborhood, every school. You're the cure. And so, God, we just pray that we would partner with you. You're the great physician. We would partner with you in what you're doing in a whole new way, God. And I pray for a new level of boldness for your people to do that. This has been a presentation of Valley Metro Church. We pray that this message has blessed you. To hear more messages or to support future podcasts, please visit us at valleymetrochurch.com.